You're listening to Faith FM and welcome to Called by the Lord. The premise of our program comes from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, which says, God saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His purpose and grace, given through Jesus before the world began. Today on the program, I'd like to introduce you to someone very special that I know very well, and I'd really love for you to get to know him as well. He is my older brother, and his name is Pastor Jared Martin. Jared, how you doing? Hey, Rag. Good, thanks. Good to talk with you. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to actually get you on the radio. It's the first time it's actually happened since you've been a pastor. Yeah, it's cool, hey, to get to chat as brothers, as a pastor and a (laughs) producer for Faith FM. It's cool. It's really cool. It is cool. So, Jared, whereabouts are you from? So, I was born in Newcastle in New South Wales, and that's where I grew up and went to school at Macquarie College and Adventist School. I went to uni there, and I'm currently living in Brisbane in Queensland, where I'm working as a church pastor. Okay. So, from moving to Newcastle to Brisbane, what's been the big difference? Well, it's a lot warmer up here. (laughs) When we got up here, it was just 40 degrees, stinking hot, full humidity. It was so warm. Um, But it's cooling off a bit now, but it's just blue sky every day, lovely weather. We love it up here. But there's no beaches in Queensland. Uh. There's no beaches (laughs) in... Brisbane, so we have to go down to Gold Coast um, or up north a bit. So that's a big difference between Mm. here and here in Newcastle. Yeah, because Newcastle's got so many good beaches, hey. I know, hey, I miss it so much. (laughs) And a much better football team. Yeah, well, I mean, the first time they versed the Broncos this year, they beat them. So I was very proud about that. I know it's. I'm looking forward to State of Origin. (laughs) Who are you going to support? Beat the Maroons. Got to beat the Maroons. Good, good. So some things haven't changed then. Hey, blue supporter for life. (laughs) Nice. So, Jared, what do you actually do at the moment? I know we said that you're a pastor, but what does that involve for you? Yeah, so it's my first year of pastoring. And so I'm working as an associate pastor, completing my two-year internship. And the conference has placed me at Mount Gravatt Church here in Brisbane and also at the Brisbane Fijian Church here in okay. Brisbane too. So they're the two churches I look after with Pastor Zeni Vitacek. He's my boss, my senior pastor, and he's teaching me what to do. He keeps you in line. That's right. <laughs> All right, cool. So Mount Gravatt, what's, what's that like? Is it, is it a big suburb? Are you, like, are you right in the city? Just gives a bit of context for people like me who don't have a clue where that is. Sure. So Brisbane is divided by the river and you have the north and the south sides. So Macrobat is on the south side. It's about maybe 10, 15 minutes to the very centre of the city. Okay. And Macrobat Church, we have about 360 members. So it's quite a large church. We have a large complex that we worship at on Sabbath mornings. Mm. And it's a very multicultural church. I think there's about 28, 29 different nationalities Wow. At this church. So it's exciting getting to meet lots of people and learn lots of new names and try and learn a few words in every language. So it's a fantastic church. Can you give us any examples? Um, I can. Oh, <laughs> there's so many different ones. I can say um, hi or hi hi, which is Danish. Ah, yeah. I can say bula, which is Fijian for hello. Mm. Um, I forgot the Filipino one. They taught me that. They teach me so many different words, but I just <laughs> forget them. Hey, so many nationalities. But it's a great church. Lots of young kids and a big youth group as well. Plenty of different Sabbath school groups. And there's always programs going on every night of the week. There's a different program going on for the community. And 
Nice. Yeah, great church. So Danish. Are there any Danish people at your church? Well, there's one Danish person that I know <laughs> particularly well. She is my wife. She's there. Um, there's some Austrians, some Serbians, oh, yeah. some British, a lot from around the Pacific Islands, up into Asia as well, some Chinese, people from Korea, a lot of South Africans as well. Very nice. So, yeah, we have people from all over the world at this yeah, church. It's yeah. really cool. So you say that your wife is Danish, and of course I do know this, but tell us a bit about that. Yeah. Do you have some sort of relationship with Denmark? Yeah, well, when I was growing up at Charlestown Church in Newcastle, the church always had student missionaries, and they mainly came from USA, and they just had the absolute best time coming and hanging out in Australia and hanging out with us youth at Charlie Church. And so growing up, I just went, wow, that is just the most exciting thing you could possibly do, travel to the other side of the world, just hang out with young people and do cool church activities and summer camps and big camps and all that type of thing. So I thought, I want to do that for myself. So I took a gap in my uni studies and I went on the Adventist volunteer website, looked through all the different ones available, and I found a position in Denmark. It's at a Adventist boarding school called Vilefjord, Vilefjord Skolen. And so I got to go there for a whole year. There was myself and nine other student missionaries from all around the world. And we got to be the deans in the boarding department for a year. Hmm, pretty cool. So it was quite a large school, several hundred students. Yeah, wow. And so we would wake the kids up in the morning and make sure they had breakfast and make sure they went to classes and take them to the doctor if they were feeling sick or the dentist or things like that. Teach them how to play soccer. Yeah, well, they taught me how to play soccer. They're <laughs> mad soccer fans over there. But you never call it soccer. Ah, you have to course. call it football. They're very particular about that. <laughs> but, yeah, we play soccer in the afternoons and play sport and hang out and do activities with them. And in the evenings, um, we'd do worships with them and Bible studies. And Sabbath, we'd have Sabbath school with them and church and Sabbath activities in the afternoon. So hmm. it was just the best thing ever, just hanging out with teenagers and uh, I guess being a role model and, okay. yeah, just just sharing Jesus with young people is awesome experience. Yeah, I can imagine that would have been a, a huge help for what you're doing now and being a pastor. Yeah, hey, just getting to hang out with young people and it really helps you, I guess, condense the message of Christianity, like mm. what's most essential and how do we communicate that in the clearest way possible when English is not a first language? How can you make it so simple and so clear that anyone can understand it. So hmm. that's what I was doing in Denmark. And so I met my wife, I met Karina at the local church. Uh, I went, hey, who's that? And we got to catch up at lots of church events throughout the year. I would go and visit Copenhagen where she was living to see the city, you know, obviously. Oh, of course. See yeah. the city, very course, important. Yeah. And she'd come back to visit the school because her parents lived nearby. So, oh, definitely visit the parents. It's just the parents, you know. So <laughs> we had to catch up all these times throughout the year. And yeah, the rest is history. Very and nice. now we're married. Yeah, cool. So how long have you yeah. been married then? We uh, <laughs> four years, about four years, I think it is. So Very time cool. Flies. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And so Karina is up working. What's she doing up with you working in Brisbane as well? So Karina studied at Avondale College when she came to Australia and she studied a degree in counselling, so mental health counselling. Hmm. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break in just a sec. But before we do that, Jared, just one last question before we go. Sure. Where is one country that you haven't been to that you would like to travel to next? Well, well it's always been... Apart from Antarctica. 
Yeah, a little bit of a, a silly dream of mine, but I'd love to go to Japan. You know, just because the land of robots, and at least in my head, robots. you know, robots everywhere, technology everywhere, and I just think that'd be a really a cool place to visit, and so different too from Europe, which is where I've been a number of times. So mm. Love to see Japan one day. Okay. You're listening to Called by the Lord on Faith FM. We're having a chat with Pastor Jared Martin. We're going to go to a song now, but we'll be back in just a sec. Stay with us.
Welcome back to Called by the Lord. You're listening to Faith FM and you're currently here with me, Brad Martin, and we're having a chat with my older brother, Pastor Jared Martin, who is the pastor at a couple of churches up in Brisbane right now. And Jared, you were just sharing with me while we're listening to that song that you've been working on an app at the moment. I didn't actually know you were a bit of a a programmer. Yeah, well, you know, little secret of mine. I, (laughs) I didn't really know anything about app development, you know, like you learn the basics about computers at school, but I didn't know anything about coding or programming or or anything like that. But yeah, when I was in Norway, that's another missionary year I did. I was up in Norway at at a different boarding school and I was working there and we wanted to do Sabbath school classes with the students because they didn't have a Sabbath school class that was running. And so... Okay, so just quickly, what's Sabbath school for our listeners who don't really know what that is? Of course, yeah. So, Sabbath school is like a Bible study, a guided Bible study. And the Adventist Church writes these Bible study guides that you do every day of the week. And it's the same Bible study no matter where you are in the world. Every country in the world, yeah, does these Bible studies. And so, you can travel to Norway or Denmark or England or anywhere in the Americas or the whole world. And you do the same Bible study. So, it's really cool. And we do four major topics a year, uh, broken down into subtopics every week. And so they call it Sabbath school. It's really just a form of Bible study. Okay. So, yeah, I was looking for a way to do these Bible studies with the students and I couldn't get a copy of the English book, obviously, because we're in Norway (laughs) and the students themselves didn't seem to have the Norwegian book and it was just a bit of chaos. And so we're thinking, how can we do this? And I looked around online and there were a few different Sabbath school apps that you could download, but they just didn't really work well. They were hard to use and they were just in English. I thought there's got to be a better way. And so I was searching and searching and I came across this app called Sabbath School and I downloaded it and gave it a try. And I was really surprised because it had a lot of different languages built in. I think at the time there were about 10 or 12 different languages built into this app and they all had their own translations of the Bible and it looked really nice. It was really simple to use. And I thought, wow, this is, this is a really good app that we could be using with the students. But they didn't have Norwegian in there or Danish or any of those Scandinavian languages. And so I contacted the app developer and I said, I have no idea how difficult it would be, <laughs> but is there a way we could add in a few more languages to the app? And he just said, sure, go for it. And I was like, um, <laughs> you know, I, I have no idea what to do. They're like, oh, it's just this, this, and this. And so he gave me the names of a few programs and things to Google. And so I started doing lots of Googling and watching YouTube videos and reading how-to websites and all that. And eventually, long story short, taught myself how to add in the study guides for Norwegian and English and a few different languages. So, Yeah. yeah, I just taught myself how to do it by reading on the internet. Cool, cool. Something pretty unique, I think. I don't know many pastors I know who have been involved in creating apps for anything really so 
Yeah, well, I mean, as I said, I had no programming experience, but I just thought it was something really valuable, you know. We had these top theologians in the church, and they write these fantastic Bible mm. study guides. I just thought, you know, how wonderful it is to have this. And, I mean, it's the 21st century. We should have these available anywhere, anytime, as many languages as possible, and just get it out there. They're, they're so helpful to study the Bible with and to have it available anywhere. You could be in the, the northernmost tip of Norway, you could be in the island, you could be in central Australia, far away, and, and it's hard to get the printed Sabbath school books. And then someone's got to print them and ship them and there's costs involved. But mm. if you can just get it on an app, it's free and it's instant and it's right there in your hand. You can read it whenever you want, when you're having breakfast or when you're waiting for the bus or, or whenever. Mm. That's the whole point. You can do it whenever fits you it's always there on your phone or your ipad or there's even a version you can access on your web browser hmm. so it's, cool. it is available anywhere anytime okay so in terms of being available anywhere anytime how would someone who's listening who wanted to get their hands on this where would they find it so if you go on the google play store or the apple app store you search for sabbath school Two words, Sabbath School. Pretty straightforward. And then you look for the green icon. It's like a green Bible with a green outline around it on a white background. Yep. That's the app that we help make. Our company is called Adventech, so you might find that there too. And, yeah, you can download it. We're up to 31 different languages at the moment. Very cool. And in the pipeline, we have about five or six more languages that are coming soon. We're working with different conferences and divisions and unions around the world to get permission from them to use the Sabbath School lessons in the app because the general conference, the, the top administration level of the Adventist Church, produces these study guides. Yep. And then they give them out to the different countries around the world to put it into their language and do the translations themselves. So when you're talking about unions and divisions and conferences, it's basically just smaller and bigger organisations of the church? Yeah, so the different administrative levels okay. of the church around the world, yeah. Cool. So we don't do the translations ourselves. We don't write the study guides ourselves. Um, it all comes straight from the top. Yep. And we get the official translations and put them straight into the app, word for word, exactly as they've been written and translated. Very cool. So that's definitely something to look into. Yeah, and so we put in, we try and have a couple of different Bible translations for each language, just yep. people are comfortable with different translations, and it helps you understand better too, and you can compare different ones. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's another feature. You just tap on the Bible verse, and, and it pops straight up, which is another handy feature when you don't always have your own personal Bible with mm. you when you're out and about. Yeah, true. And also in the app, there's always questions to help you reflect on what you've been learning. And you can write your answers and reflections straight into the app. Mm. And it will save it. It will sync it across your devices. So that way it's always there and you can't lose it. Yeah, yeah. Wow, very, very cool. Sounds like a, a really good resource. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just a really important resource at this point in, in our world's history, you know, just to use the technology that we have to to spread this incredible message of hope that we have as fast as possible and this wonderful creator God that we serve to learn more about him. Mm. I think these study guides are an excellent avenue for that. So that's why I volunteered my time for this one. I do it all in my spare time, just like the other guys who helped develop the app. There's about 10 of us who work consistently on it and another 10 or so who help here and there when they can. We're spread out all across the world. 
the majority of the team is aged between 20 and 25. Cool. So it's it's young guys all around the world who've just gone, yeah, this is important and we want to volunteer and donate our time for this because we think it's important. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, what you're doing is helping people build a closer relationship with Jesus through studying the Bible. Mm, and that's what it's about. That's the bottom line. That's That's why we do it. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned something about being in Norway on another volunteer year. What's that all about? Yeah, so on the first missionary year, I met my wife and we came back (laughs) and we got married and we thought, you know what, wouldn't it be fun to do another missionary year together? Because my wife, Karina, had previously done one uh, before meeting me. So we've done them separately and we thought, why don't we do one together, you know, before we get a, a house mortgage and kids and cars and all this stuff that just makes it too hard to travel. So all the stuff, yeah. we looked around and we applied all over the world to places in Africa and New Zealand and across Europe and and finally up to Norway. We thought, oh, it's so close to where my wife comes from. It's close to where I'd already done a missionary year. Why don't we try somewhere different? But God just opened the doors for Norway and we thought, you know what, let's go to Norway. So Mm. we went there and we had a, we had a fantastic time. Hey, I got to work there (laughs) as a youth pastor, which was just the absolute best. Yeah. Working with these teenagers and doing Sabbath school and church and activities and meeting with them in the dorms every evening, doing Bible studies. And it was the best just explaining who Jesus is and how much he cares and how much he loves and how much he wants to be involved in their lives. It's nothing beats it. It's the best feeling. So yeah, I remember you I had telling a great me, time and yeah. I was going to say, I remember you telling me a story once about when you were there, you're actually involved in doing some prison ministry. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, every Sabbath afternoon, I tried to come up with a really fun activity for the students because there was often nothing to do. So they would just sit in their rooms and, and do something shifty on the internet or, or just what teenagers There do, was nothing. Yeah. There was nothing. So I came up with all these crazy activities for them to do, and they all had a Bible focus and a spiritual lesson to learn. And one of them was visiting people in prison. We actually did that on a Sunday afternoon and not far from the school. I mean, it wasn't next door, but it wasn't far <laughs> from the school. They sure. had the maximum security prison of Norway. Mm, wow. And so this was the prison where... Um, it was a number of years ago now, but that crazy Norwegian guy went and shot up all the kids on the island and oh, um, bombed Oslo. and Yeah, Anders Brevik? Something like that, yeah. yeah. And so he was in this prison. So this is the maximum yeah. security prison. And you know, how fun would it be to take the kids there and, and minister to these guys? So mm. we did, spent months, you know, doing all the security checks and making sure everyone was allowed to go. And it was a bit more tricky for people like myself who were foreigners. Yep. But we managed to get it all approved and we went there and got there at about four in the afternoon and it was winter. Mm. So it was freezing, freezing cold and we're standing outside these massive concrete walls. We're just waiting and waiting. There's a tiny little door on the side and you kind of knock on it and speak through the keyhole. And (laughs) it's like, we're here, we're here. And this nut can't come in. Um, What do we do? (laughs) Nut can't come in. And so we're waiting and waiting, freezing, snow everywhere. And so just waiting outside and eventually they say, right, two people can come in. So we let some of the girls go in first because they were just frozen and then just waiting. And we had to wait for hours and hours and eventually our entire team got through. Mm. And we said, oh, you know, what was going on? They said, oh, the the prisoners were rioting. And so we had to shut down the entire prison 
put the entire thing into lockdown and everyone into solitary confinement. All right. Uh, you guys can come in now. <laughs> it's like, oh. uh, how safe is this going to be? Yeah. So they, they marched us through the courtyard with all their guns and security and everything and took us to the little chapel. Okay. And we got to meet the best behaving of the prisoners. Mm. Apparently, there was supposed to be a lot more, but we only got to speak. They split them into two groups. So the first group had about 10 or 15, and the second group had about 20 or so. Okay. And yeah, we got to speak to these people, and we bought them cake. Cake had to be scanned and x-rayed course, and everything yeah. to make sure it was safe, but bought them cake and biscuits and drink, and the wow. prisoners loved that, because I guess prison food isn't always the most exciting. Yeah, yeah. So we did that, and I got to share with them this message, and I talked about redemption and how it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done or, or anything like that. It doesn't matter what your background is, mm. that when you meet Jesus, he can totally transform your life. And mm. you can experience that salvation and redemption and forgiveness of sins. And so I tried to put this in a way that the prisoners would understand. And, you know, they were nodding their heads and they were smiling. And when I got to chat with them afterwards, they were like, hey, thank you for your message. And yeah. I just, I felt really impressed. I've been thinking about it for weeks, you know, what can I share with them? And this was what I felt I needed to share, that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's happened in your life. I mean, none of us can put our hands up and say, hey, you know, we're perfect. We've done nothing <laughs> wrong. And that's it. we've all made mistakes. We've all done the wrong thing. And it's only through Jesus that any of us can be saved. Well, that's it. Like if we're talking figuratively in terms of the lives of everyone, sin is our prison. And there is no escape for us through our own means. Yeah, exactly right. And that's why Jesus is so incredible, you know. He comes to earth, he is God, and he comes to earth as a human and takes upon himself everything that we deserve. Mm. And then he gives to us everything that he deserves. Yeah. And when you think about that, it just blows your mind that he could love us that much, that he could care about us that much. Yeah. It's incredible. So, you know, that's the message I tried to share with these guys. And mm. we had a great time. We took, because we could only take the older kids to visit the prison. And I tried really hard to get the rat bag kids, you know, the ah, ones yeah. who are always breaking the rules at school. And we took them along and it was a real eye-opener for them, just seeing these guys and some of the prisoners. Some of them shared why they were in there, these horrible crimes that you just try and forget. But mm. they shared why they were there. And then they would say to these young guys, you know, just... Just don't do it. Don't make those same mistakes. Just don't do it. Make sure you live a good life and don't don't fall into these patterns which can be so destructive. Mm. So I think it, it meant a lot to these guys. I mean, you hear about it on the news or you read it in the newspaper and you go, oh, who cares? It won't be me. But when you yeah. hear it from someone who went, yeah, that was me. You know, I thought that too. I thought I was doing okay. I thought, oh, yeah, drugs aren't that bad. Or, oh, yeah, hitting my wife's not that bad. Or And, and just leads you down this horrendously dark path and yeah. consumes you and, and wrecks your life so it was good for those students and that was cool. that was certainly one of the more memorable things that we did with them mm. well unfortunately we're running out of time i'd love to actually hear a few more stories from you about this mm. and i'm sure our listeners would as well but jared thank you so much for joining us today here on called by the lord no worries awesome you're listening to faith fm stick around we've got some great stuff coming up 